Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello and welcome tennis fans to the latest edition of The Passing Shot. This week we're going to be looking back at the Estoril Open. We're going to be looking at the Glasgow Open, the new challenger event uh, announced by the LTA um, earlier this year. The Wimbledon announcements for the Championships 2018. And finally we're going to have a cheeky stat of the day from the Uganda F1 Futures. So all of this to look forward to. Let's go. So first up, I want to talk about the Estoril Open in Portugal. Um, now, obviously, in the absence of Andy Murray, we had Carl Edmund and Cameron Norrie playing in this tournament. And... You know they did they did fairly okay in the singles, but what I want to talk about is their doubles run. Now I was very surprised. Well, I think everyone was a bit surprised, really. Um, they teamed up. I don't think they had you know much experience uh, playing together before, but obviously when they got on the court, you know something just clicked, and you know they beat some fairly established uh, you know doubles players and clay court players, um, reached the final, and, and won the event. Um, I thought this was, I mean, I thought this was eye raising given that, you know, Davis Cup is coming up and, you know, if, you know, if Murray doesn't play um, and you think about, you look at, you know, the doubles, what doubles pairings we could put out there, you know, we seem to be fairly strong in this department because, you know, obviously we've got Jamie Murray, um, but we've also got uh, Dom Inglot, who also won, um, who's won a couple of consecutive tournaments actually um, over the last couple of weeks, and we've now got Edmund and Norrie on the scene. So it seems that um, you know, even though we're not probably not certain on on who will be the number one and number two for Davis Cup in the singles, um, you know, we've definitely got a, a well of talent to pull from for the doubles. Um, and talking of Brits, actually moving on to uh, the Glasgow, moving on to Glasgow um, at the Scottsdale Tennis Centre. So this was one of the first. Um, this was one of the first two challenger events announced by the LTA. Um, I think all the kind of talk about it was around, you know, will Murray play? Won't he play? And it became apparent that since since he wasn't going to play, the focus has kind of shifted to. I'd say to Dan Evans, who's coming back from a drugs ban. Um, he went into qualifying um, for this challenger, came through qualifying into the main draw, uh, where he lost in the first round. Um, and, you know, that was kind of you know, a good effort by him, and I guess in his first, um, first tournament back. Um, I think it also a bit overshadowed. Um, James Ward was also playing. Um, who also, I think he was in there on a wild card, got through to the uh, second round. I think he knocked out one of the seeds, actually. Um, but yeah, went out in in the second round. Now, for a tournament that 
obviously, you know, tennis in Glasgow, I think looking at the draw and looking at the results, they probably would have hoped um, the Brits in it would have gone a bit, fur- bit further. Um, uh, most, all the Brits kind of went out in either round one or round two with James Ward and also Lloyd Glasspool, um, yeah, losing in, in the second round. But um, yeah, I guess my point with James Ward is that, you know, it's easy to figure out about this guy when, you know, there's all this... Uh, hubbub around Dan Evans and you know how he's going to perform coming back um and you know also I guess how the crowds how the crowds are going to react to him so the Glasgow tournament is um is over and done with and I guess eyes will now focus on uh Loughborough and again I guess there'll be more questions on you know whether Murray uh will play this um and I guess it remains to be seen. I also think, and I, I guess the tournament organisers will hope that there's a better field. Um, you know, higher, you know, players with you know high rankings. You know, hoping in you know top one hundred and fifty, hopefully, um, who play in the main draw. Um, and I guess that remains to be seen as well. Um, and also just to see how James Warden and Dan Evans do, because I think the closer we get to Wimbledon. Um, you know, more more and more eyes are going to be on their form um, and see if they could possibly get um, any sort of uh, wild cards either for the main draw or for the qualifying draw at Wimbledon. Uh, and that brings us on actually to the Wimbledon uh, announcements. So last week they announced um, all these kind of changes um, and updates for the championships uh, in 2018. Now there was kind of ones that I was kind of almost expecting, you know, like increased, you know, increased prize money, for example. Um, but there are a few kind of more interesting notes I thought, um, particularly, particularly for fans, but also particularly um, just to see where Wimbledon's, you know, head is at in terms of um, particular innovations that are going on that you see, um, you see on the tour. So. A couple of these innovations particularly are on-court, sanctioned on-court coaching and the shot clock. So Wimbledon came out and said in their in their press release that they are completely and utterly opposed to on-court coaching. Um, and, you know, we've seen this in, we saw this at the next gen uh, tournament at the back end of last season. Um, and we also see it on the WTA tour as well. But... I guess, you know, with Wimbledon, they obviously feel that, you know, they are a traditional event and, you know, they might be a bit wary on all these kind of new um, things that are are taking place around them. Um, And, you know, they obviously see tennis as, you know, once you step onto the court, you know, this is an individual sport and, you know, it shouldn't be an environment where you can figure things out um, with, you know, with, uh, with your coach you know, either sitting next to you at the change of ends or, you know, speaking to them um, in the crowd. And moving on to the shot clock. Um, again, they do not like, they do not like the idea of a shot clock on court. Uh, we saw earlier this year that, and I think also um, we had it last year at the US Open. They use it um, in the qualifying rounds. Um, so the idea basically of a shot clock is that it, it gives you X amount of seconds before you have to start the point. Now, Wimbledon have come out and said, you know, they're not 
totally against the idea of um, of limiting um, the amount of seconds between points. They just wouldn't enforce it through a shot clock. Um, what they said instead they would do um, is the umpire will monitor um, the time it takes and they've said that 25 seconds is now what they consider um, enough time between each point and the umpire will monitor that and um, you know give out uh, penalties accordingly um, I'm my thoughts on this are you know I'm not I'm not um, I'm not saying it's you know silly not to include a shot clock but you know if you're giving the pa- if you're giving this power to the umpire um, I think that it needs to be managed consistently it can't just be you know one umpire doing it and then the other umpire not um, so I think that yeah it's great that I guess that they're wanting to keep the game fluid and um, just you know yeah completely fluid but um, yeah they need to make sure that I guess all the umpires um, consistently apply this um, across the tournament the interesting the other interesting thing about this the fact that Wimbledon have come out and said they don't like the idea of shot clock it means that even though some other Grand Slams like the idea like the US Open they all have to agree on it in order for it to be used in the main event so the fact that Wimbledon don't like the idea of shot clock means that you won't be able to see you won't see the shot clock in um, in the main draws of each and all of the Grand Slams so those were for me kind of interesting um, builds on uh, recent kind of uh, innovations um, to a tennis match um, but also there were some interesting updates for the fans. Um, now, if you're going to be spectating the championships and you're, you haven't got a ticket and you want to go to the queue, um, they gave us some updates on some improvements, some enhancements. So uh, this year you'll be able to get free Wi-Fi um, in the queue. Um, they'll also be accepting contactless uh, cards uh, for tickets for the first time. Um, and I also think that they'll you'll be able to get free access to um, a stream of the um, of the matches going on inside the grounds, so that you know whilst you're waiting, you're you know you're not getting bored, or you know you don't feel like you're missing out on the action. You can still kind of see it um, on a on a on a stream. As for as for inside the ground, um, they've announced, which I think could be quite cool, is on um, centre court and number one court. They're introducing a net cam, so this will be um, yeah, this will be a camera that is inside the net um, and basically looks back um, looks back at the player as if they were on the baseline. I think this would be quite this will be quite cool for Wimbledon you know as a grass court event obviously you know you'll get players serving and volleying and trying to rush the net um, as quick as possible so it'll be really I think it'll be a really cool angle to kind of see you know how players approach the net you know where they're taking that you know where they're approaching from and you know where they get to when the return comes to them and what's their split step and all this kind of all this kind of interesting stuff um, for tennis fans. Um, and they've also announced that there'll be multi-camera coverage on all 18 championship courts, which is a first, and that centre court will will this year be offered in 4K resolution. 
so yeah just some just some minor updates but i think you know once we kind of see these on tv we'll understand you know if they're the signs of you know this is how tennis coverage is going to be in the future or whether it's just the you know passing fashion for the year but yeah certainly the the net cam uh, does appeal to me uh, quite a bit okay so we've spoken about wimbledon um and we've gone over um the estoril open and glasgow open uh and i finally want to finish on stat of the day so I love uh, I love watching. Sorry, I love reading through my through my Twitter Twitter feed f- to come find all these kind of quirky, um, interesting stats. And I found this one. You know, for me, the quirkier the better. The more obscure, the better. And I found this one from the Uganda F1 Futures Tournament. It was a result um, involving a twenty-year-old named Lorenzo Bocchi. And uh, it was in a doubles. It was a doubles match, um, and Lorenzo beat his father Paolo, uh, who was born in 1961. Paolo, at the age of 57, was playing his first official pro tournament, and he ended up losing to he ended up losing to his son Lorenzo uh, and his partner George Lofhagen. Uh, six two six three. So I don't know if that's ever happened before, but yeah, a son beat his father in the Uganda F1 Futures doubles uh, doubles tournament, uh, which I find completely completely bizarre. You know, <laughs> I guess we you know we see brothers and we see sisters play, um, you know, and reach that top level. You know, that top level. You know, I guess Venus, uh, Venus, Serena Williams. You know. It's probably the most obvious example, but yeah, father and son, uh, mother and daughter. Who knows? I don't know. Are there any other examples of that out there? Please feel free to get in touch. Um, you can contact us. Um, you can tweet us um, on Twitter at the Passing Shot. Um, you can email us the Passing Shot GSM at gmail dot com. And we're also on Instagram as well um, at the Passing Shot. So feel free to yeah drop us a message if you've if you found anything out there that's um, of interest this week um, in the tennis world. Perhaps you've got your own stat of the day. Um, perhaps you've got your own thoughts on you know what the uh, the changes are to the Wimbledon this year. Are you looking forward to them or you know are you a bit hesitant? You know particularly around you know what what are your thoughts kind of on the shot clock or any other kind of you know innovations um and this kind of battle between yeah tradition and and innovation um yeah feel free to get in touch uh but for now uh this is it for this week's episode of the passing shot i've been your host joel um have a good have a good one and stay in touch tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.